and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Scott and I am very sleep deprived. <laughs> I am David Bax. I'm very amped up from just having come from a screening of Michael Bay's Ambulance. Yeah, I, I just Smith came from a screening part. of uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, which is the, the sleepiest erotic drama you've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked it a good deal, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of went in for, for the thrills and was like, oh, this is just kind of a mellow movie. All right. And I was already tired. So are we not to spoil anything? Are we going to be talking? Before. Oh, you're lagging again. Are we going to be talking about nine and a half weeks later in the episode at all? We sure will. Okay. I was curious. Uh, but first I want to talk to you about, um, I guess, uh, not nine and a half weeks, but uh, <laughs> two years and three weeks, or whatever, which is <laughs> how long it's been since um, I've had uh, a full like day at the office with all of my coworkers. Today was the first day back in the office for me um i always hesitate to like talk about this kind of stuff because i know obviously people who work in grocery stores and restaurants and of course hospitals and all like they have been working this entire time but it is um it was very strange being back in the office um you have been back for a while right yeah really since last april to varying degrees um I, I was kind of first called in right before vaccines were hitting. And I was like, let's take it a little easy. We're very close to vaccines. So uh, let me get there and then, uh, yeah. then we'll ramp it up. And really since then I've been going in at least two days, usually three or four days a week, um, every week. And I mean, I get a lot out of it. I work alongside, you know, I manage 10 people in our LA office. And so I work alongside people like actively collaborating, all that stuff that, usually workplaces try to pass off of like it's in person so we can focus more and like uh, brainstorm and all that stuff actually does affect my day-to-day life. And it's much more enjoyable and efficient to be in the office. It does also help that I have no commute. I literally walk eight minutes to work. Um, so I don't have like the barrier that a lot of people face, but um, I'm very glad to be back in the office, at least as an option. You know, I'm glad that I don't have to be there. I don't have to be there every day. So if I wake up feeling tired or I've kind of built a schedule around where I usually work at home Mondays and Fridays, which works out pretty well. Um, and then, but then it's there. If I need it, I can go in and work on the machines that we got that I have to service. Or if there's a problem that's harder to solve over um, zoom or Google meet or whatever we use, I, I get a lot out of it and uh, I get a lot out of part of the reason I really like my job is like the in-person collaboration stuff of like, well, if we tried this, no, do this stuff different, all that stuff that's impossible to do over Slack or takes forever. is so frustrating. Um, I I'm into it. I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, that's, that's good. I'm hoping that I get there right now. I think there were like, it's just everyone's back at once and things aren't figured out yet. So like, yeah, the thing you're talking about, like, the main reason for us to be back would be that collaborating thing, but like no one has like booked any conference rooms and the like standing zoom meeting is still happening. So like I attended a zoom meeting <laughs> at my desk this morning, like surrounded by other people who were in the zoom meeting at their own desk. I literally like I, one guy talks and I hear him behind me and in my yeah. at the same time, I'm sure the kinks will get worked out as people like get used to like, um, get used to being back. But uh, it was a very surreal um experience uh and yeah not um it wasn't the there wasn't a lot of there was less uh ability to focus i think which is like what you were saying like that's one thing that 
people say i think because everyone is like unpacking two years worth of shit and like like yeah for sure i heard multiple people talk about how they're like throwing away christmas like treats from 2019 <laughs> like i had like yeah multiple people are like i had chocolates and cookies on my desk from christmas 2019 they really just left it all behind. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I had been in a, a number of times over the past uh, uh, couple of years, so my my uh, station was all set up. So Spick and span, as they say. Uh, well, not quite that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very uh, bizarre transition because it doesn't feel it'll 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 get moving. I'm sure, but it feels like today was. Uh, just everything all at once. Uh, like that movie that's in theaters, which we're not. Talking yeah. About, right. So I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah. It's, it's helped that my office never had like a formal return to work thing. It's like people came in when they ne- started needing to. And so it's been a more natural evolution over the past year. Yeah. I was coming in somewhat regularly once I was vaccinated uh, and even somewhat during the Delta spike, but Omicron kind of like scared me off. So I, I stopped going like, uh, I think after Thanksgiving and then I um, had only just been back last week. So I yeah, they did going. kind of uh, temper things down a bit over December, January of ha- purposely having fewer people in the office. So we've kind of gotten waves too, but at the same time, like yeah. we never stopped. Um, anyway, so uh, that's, but, so I had a very strange day of seeing people in person that I literally hadn't seen in person for over two years. And you probably have um, new coworkers at this point, right? Yeah. And like the desks have, I don't even sit at the same place that happened. Right. Uh, that's kind of why I went in last week to make sure I was all set up. Um, but like, so yeah, people are sitting in different places than they were. There are people who were gone, you know? Um, and then there are, uh, yeah, people that I have, um, only met over zoom and, uh, have you been surprised by many people's heights? I keep getting surprised by people's heights that I finally meet in person. <laughs> I hadn't, I had not, thought of that i don't know if when you guys have at your work when you have zoom or whatever I've, I, we're not we're not sponsored by zoom that's just what my work happens to use but we uh, use google meet yeah google meet whatever um i know there's a there's another big one uh that i'm forgetting the name of right now but, <laughs> are we all um, just leaving behind skype i guess i don't like skype seemed like it should have been perfectly poised right zoom just like came out of nowhere i had never heard of zoom until like right before the pandemic Same. and then yeah um, but the, I, I don't know if your work, if people have to turn on their cameras or if most choose to, but there are some people who don't turn on their cameras. So there are people who I oh, either yeah. have never actually seen or haven't actually seen in two years. And like, uh, I want to, we want to be like, Oh, you got a haircut. And they're probably like, yeah, I've been wearing my hair this way for years. Anyway, so that's uh, uh, so I, I did that all day. And then I went to universal city and saw a press screening of, ambulance um mm, don't care for that <laughs> uh and you can read my review um yeah by the time you're hearing this my review is already up but uh we have other things to talk about but first i want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great uh tyler and i use them each and every day of our lives today i was using them to listen to a new ep by a band called jeff the brotherhood and it's called the ep is called ye old dot 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 um and jeff the brotherhood i want to give a shout out to um uh 
recurring friend of the show and uh, my old co-host of the previous The On podcast, Sean Ingram, way back in like, I would say 2009, he was like, hey, you want to go to show at the at the smell tonight? And um, it was uh, Jeff the Brotherhood and Ty Siegel, both bands I had never heard of at that point, who um, have gone on to be incredibly um, prolific um, and very talented uh, artists. Um, and Jeff the Brotherhood's, uh, they're kind of like garage rock, but Jeff the Brotherhood's new... Um, new ep yield is very uh psychedelic rock a lot of me- meandering songs the kind of thing i would not have liked 20 years ago but um that i appreciate now if it's got grooves to it if, it, if it's like the grateful dead and it just feels like people tuning up and like jamming like i, I get bored <laughs> i mean like grateful that. dead fans say that's a groove so uh, yeah I, yeah i guess uh the groove is in the eye of the, the beholder uh, <laughs> or the ear of the beholder yeah. Uh, but it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, What's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back. Scott? Have you been to a concert uh, since uh, all this went down? Uh, yeah, I've been to a couple. I um, Well, I was supposed to go April 1st, 2020. I was supposed to see Wilco. Yeah. And they rescheduled last September. So I did go last September. Oh, I did okay. go see Wilco. Um, and then also last fall, I saw um, my wife and I took our nephew uh who's a little like uh you know teenage skate punk to sure. his first ever punk show oh that's great um we went to see in their current form the dead kennedys um, sure that means no jello biafra jello biafra he uh is not involved in the band anymore and there's been a lot of bad blood between them but it was a fun show it was also like surreal to see it from my my uh what 17 year old uh, uh or i guess he was 16 at the time he'd recently turned 17 uh 16 year old nephew's point of view because like when i was a kid and i was into punk rock like i wasn't uh, like punk wasn't new right exactly but also there weren't there was no such thing as a punk rocker in his 60s there right. wasn't old <laughs> enough for there to be there were punks in like their 40s maybe yeah like you know like the sex pistols were probably like uh and they were like the the dinosaurs the the elders of the scene yeah and so now we're seeing like uh yeah dudes like the uh what's his name i'm drawing, drawing a blank on the um the bass player from the dead Kennedys, but it looks like he's like a Bill Gates type. He literally just, (laughs) which I, I appreciate that. Like there's something, because my um, nephew like made fun of me for like dressing square to like for the show. But I was like, it wouldn't be punk of me to still care how, teenage punk what teenage punks think of the way i'm dressed uh well sure but it's it's something about being thematically appropriate for the show i mean do you even own punk clothes anymore 
I guess I don't like I don't have anything with like patches on the, on it or or anything like that. I All mean, my... you have the puncture that your nephew gave you, which of course would be very fitting. Professional uncle, no kids. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, I do have that, and uh, um. But yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, I guess I have some band shirts. Even that, not really. No, I'm I'm punk by not being punk. I guess. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself that. Yes, exactly. So, um. It is the month of April. Uh, it, it has been for a few days now, uh, but this is our first episode that we're recording in April. And uh, uh, even though well, we did get one uh, rainy day the other day. Yeah. When was that? Was that still March when that happened? Uh, it might have been. Anyway, I wanted to celebrate the thing that April is known for uh, in places that aren't the uh, <laughs> drought st- drought stricken Southwest. Uh, April showers rain so we're going to talk about rainy movies or uh, especially memorable rainy scenes from movies which is most i don't know most of my list is individual scenes there are very yeah few, i had a tough time thinking of like a movie where it's like consistently raining the, the entire time the one that um i immediately thought of in terms of a movie that it is raining the entire time and i won't blame you if you haven't seen this movie but uh I want to say it's from 2002 or 2003, the movie Basic, directed by John McTiernan. <laughs> I saw it like in a hotel room shortly okay. after it came out, so I but don't remember a, to- too well. It's a Rashomon riff set during a, like a, a basic training camp, and uh, John Travolta plays like the military like police investigator, and Samuel sure. Jackson is the like drill sergeant, and he like Samuel Jackson has like been. I can't remember if it's been he's been killed or he's gone missing. And John Travolta is like interviewing different people who are under his charge about what happened. And like we're seeing everyone's different version, completely different version of the story. But the one thing that's consistent is it, it is pouring rain in everyone's story. So it was literally raining the entire movie. Yeah, the main thing I remember about that is the main thing everyone remembers, which is that is billed as like the big Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta reunion. And they're in like the last scene together. And that's <laughs> yeah, it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think like, uh, this will get us into, I uh, get into the topic, like uh, not, not that I want to uh, say, Oh, boohoo, poor actors or whatever, but a movie like basic must kind of suck to shoot. Yeah. I rained on fake rained on all day, every day. I rewatched the all three Pirates of the Caribbean movies over the last couple of years at some point. Um, and and you only acknowledge that there are three. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and that's something I thought about the entire time because not only are they in water, but there's several scenes where they're in the rain. I was like, this must have been the worst freaking movie to work on. And it took, you know, I mean, big blockbusters take forever to shoot. Yeah. So you're just out there for months on end, just getting drenched in rain. Yeah, it was uh, just like. It- everyone's got like wrinkly fingertips like they were in the bath too long i'm sure yeah and it's like how does Kira knightley still look good at the end of all this like it's, it seems impossible um now have you the, the have you seen stranger tides or uh um uh dead oh, no tales it took me so long to register you were still talking about pirates of the caribbean movies yeah. that's how little i've seen the fourth and fifth ones no once uh once gore verbinski and Kieran knightley were out so was i if, if one of them had stayed i would have stuck with it but um neither of them did and so it wasn't worth it to me anymore oh well let me i don't know if you know about the very very end i know of she's, she's in a tiny part of it and that <laughs> almost was enough to get me to see it and then i was like yeah forget it the reason i went to see dead men tell no tales actually was because i um uh, a group of us from my work went to see it at the um, 
oh what's it called in koreatown have you been to that the like the multiplex there that like shows new stuff but also a lot of like korean like, oh cgv i think yes yeah, yeah it's it's three initials it's something like that yeah. yeah and they have the um what is it called is it called screen x where certain scenes and not it's, instead of being imax certain scenes extend up the walls oh i i, I didn't read about this like i know it was coming out but i didn't know that that theater did that yeah that's the uh, i think the might be the only theater in la or there might be like two theaters yeah. in la that do it and they're both like korean or asian like neighborhoods because i think huh. it's bigger in that part of the world from right I understand and uh yeah so there's a scene in dead man Tim the tales where johnny depp is like stranded on a rowboat and there's like essentially zombie sharks sure uh, around him and so it's like kind of cool like a zombie shark like jumps over the boat and then like swims up the side of the wall uh, it was fun but uh the movie's not that great were those better movies than, as wet the, as the gore verbinski ones um well the no stranger tides is like mostly on land uh, yeah i feel like uh gore verbinski was willing to make the actors suffer and after that yeah. it was like everyone was just cowtowing giant up yeah yeah all right so uh we've already gone far afield in in, in true battleship retention fashion. classic um so let's talk about uh some memorable could you think of any movies in general where it was like it's raining all the time and, and... well i wanted to just talk about like movie rain more broadly because like the first thing i think of when i think of movie rain are two things one i remember reading an article about the 2000 no 1998 godzilla um i was like 12 when it came out and so I was super pumped for it and I was reading some article about it and they were talking about movie rain and how you know it's at least in the pre-digital era when you're capturing on film you had to like I don't know how they made it but it, it was not just water that they poured onto the sets because it had to be visible on film and so it had to be like super thick and so Matthew Broderick or whoever was talking about how miserable it was to film these rainy scenes where it's getting pummeled with like thick ass rain and so every time there's rain in a movie I think like oh man that that must've been the worst. So, I, cause I always think of poor Matthew Broderick. Um, and the other thing that comes to mind is randomly, I don't know why this always sticks out to me as like the rain scene in movies, but uh, in high fidelity, there's that part where John uh, Cusack's outside of, I think Catherine Lee Jones's house is like yelling at her from the street. And that's like the heaviest rain I've ever seen in a movie. And for like, what's, you know, mostly a very, pretty fun romantic comedy. I love that they uh, have this like very elemental thing of like him literally battling the elements to like reach out to this woman he's obsessed with. Um, well, uh, that reminds me of, uh, I, I was a PA. I've told this, I've mentioned this before. I don't think I've told this particular story, but I was a, a PA on Robert Zemeckis's Beowulf in 2005. Yep. And that was a, um, motion entirely motion capture, uh, uh, film that was, so you shot in like a, at that time, the technology has since advanced, but at that time, a 25 foot by 25 foot volume is what it was called. It was right. like uh, walled off with like, uh, I don't know, cloth or muslin or something. And and they would, during the lunch break, they would have to calibrate the volume somehow. And so us, we PAs would like have to take turns, essentially like skipping lunch and sitting at the door of the volume because of one person walked in they'd have to start oh, sure. and be over so it was like every few days my job would just be to sit in front of the door of the volume just to make sure no one walked in which no one ever did of course uh, and so they we had a little tv with a built-in vc or built-in dvd player on on the set and so we would just like i would just bring in dvds we watch uh whoever's turn it was would just watch movies or episodes of kids in the hall or whatever like i brought in <laughs> i remember watching point break which is on my list sure uh 
because the if you remember the finale of Point Break, who doesn't uh, <laughs> in in Australia, it is like torrential pouring rain when spoilers, Ken Reeves like finally catches up with Patrick Swayze, and then he's like, "Let me just go catch this one last wave," and he goes out into this huge storm while it's raining. And um, I won't say his name. You can look it up. The first AD of Beowulf, who has been a first assistant director on some of the biggest movies ever made. Uh, he sat down and watched them with me and he was like, that's terrible rain. rain <laughs> <laughs> like, which I never like, I never thought to think about whether or not the rain looks real. I think I think about it more now because this, like one of the top ADs in all of Hollywood right. pointed out like that the, the rain at the end of point break looks fake. Um, or looks like clearly generated by a machine. It's not fake in the CGI way. They're getting rain, but it, but I, he's it, that it looks like it's not. That's interesting. So maybe he was talking about like the angle of it that he I could tell if there was some generating thing just off screen. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Yeah. Interesting. It, yeah. Yeah. Other uh, like finale rain stuff that works really well. Into. Yeah, finale. Yeah, like uh, the Matrix Revolutions. I yeah. know you're not the biggest fan. I I dig it quite a bit. Um, I would but probably that's, like it more now, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I was, I don't know. Did you like it when it came out too? I did, but I was, I, you know, I'm a little younger than you. So I was 17. So I was in a pretty good space to just like dig on some crazy action. What, but I think I was like, I'm also blaming it on my younger self. You know, um, I was thinking about, I don't watch uh, the Boba Fett TV show or shows. <laughs> sure, you know? sure. But I don't know. Um, uh, I guess Robert Rodriguez directed an episode a while ago, and there was like a character on the show who like did like a like a you know Antonio Banderas and in Desperado type of like little twirl when he drew his guns, and a lot of people were like clowning on it, like it looked corny and stuff. And I think I was at that age when the Matrix Revolutions came out, being in college, mm. that I was like way too maybe personally insecure right to, to to vibe with stuff that was like super earnest or just like fun or cool for the sake of looking cool or whatever like everything i think i needed some sort of I- irony or at least like some sort of seriousness uh and and, and so i think that there's a lot of like what's the the dude who's like at the the kid at the end of the matrix revolution who's like neo I believe or whatever right. that stuff like really great at me at the time. And now that I think I'm more comfortable, like in my own skin, I can just uh, enjoy corny shit a little bit more. Yeah. I rewatched the whole series right before resurrections. Cause it, I hadn't seen two or three since they came out. Um, and I, I was surprised that I still dug them. And I was also surprised to find that like, as much as people like talked about the matrix resurrections as this huge departure, like, Two and three also bear only a slightly passing resemblance to one, certainly, but even to each other, like for movies that were shot back to back, they have almost nothing to do with each other. It's like they just decided to make a completely different movie each time, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've, um, uh, we're barely even going to talk about rain movies, (laughs) but, uh, you've heard me talk on this podcast. Listeners have heard me talk on this podcast about how, like realizing, that that public enemies was like a watershed moment for me that the Michael Mann movie public enemies, like hearing people who didn't like it complain about it, understanding those complaints, but not finding them important or material right. at all to how I enjoyed it in retrospect. I think 
uh, Reloaded might have been the same thing because a lot of my friends did not like Matrix Reloaded. And I loved it from the jump. Right. Um, and, and maybe it was because I didn't care about the things that, that they were caring about at the time. Yeah, completely. But I just thought it, it was uh, uh, very cool and um, adventurous and uh, uh, confident. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't do a whole like series rewatch like you did, but I definitely rewatched the uh, the freeway chase. Oh sure, saw Matrix Resurrections. Um, uh, some other kind of climactic rain stuff that uh, stood out. So like, I mean, obviously rain's like a great way to like really emphasize that this is shit's going down. You know, the skies are falling on top of the heroes or whatever. Um, so I also thought of uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Really uses I think the weather very effectively in its finale um because it's all it's, we know from the start that it's all building towards a storm because we have the bob Batman narrator character kind of like setting the stage of like this is coming and so it's kind of ramping up tension gradually throughout the movie and so by the time the rain starts to hit it's like really feels like a natural part of the movie's momentum and kind of the emotional toil it's all starting to take um kind of along those lines actually have you seen the swimmer the burt lancaster movie no i never have oh man it's fantastic and that's a movie where like he, his character is living in denial the entire time until he's finally comes face to face with what his life really is. And it happens amidst the rain. Um, on a more what, redemptive- what, what do you think it is though about like ran? Like why do we, I guess like water and rebirth maybe is that that's why it happens at the end of movies a lot. That it's yeah. Like, and it's also like a thing. sort of, cath- yeah, it's totally catharsis thing of like, yeah. um, you can't really like, relax in the rain you know you're gonna you're coming to face to face with the the elements in one way or another and uh you can't just like feel okay about your life you're either gonna seek cover or you're so like distraught over the state of things that you're just gonna sit there and suffer which um characters tend to do a little bit of both also i think this is gonna sound simple but i think it's actually a big part of it when it's raining hard it's loud and you have to yell yeah, and oh, so I completely. think a lot of these like big like declarations of love and stuff like carry extra weight because they're shouting over the din of the of the rainfall. Yeah, I definitely picked out a few uh, declaration of love scenes. You know, like you got your Pride and Prejudice, you got your Match Point. Um, great, great uses of rain uh, for love scenes. I, I'm sure this has it, but I've never seen the Notebook, which I understand has. I've also it. never seen the Notebook, but I've definitely seen the the shot of them kissing in the rain it's right exactly yeah uses um wait i had some more finales um blade oh, runner yeah. is a big one yeah oh yeah uh it even like he works it into it's in roy batty's uh little monologue it's part of there. the text yeah exactly uh what else there's some there's uh are we counting magnolia as rain is frog rain rain i know i i put that down like sure it's kind of the same idea only more so with frogs um road to perdition yeah absolutely um what else is it, uh, at the finale because i'm also well like... no road to perdition isn't the finale because the finale they're at the beach oh that's right um yes. the the rain scene happens earlier when okay. hanks kind of like turns for the final time it's been a while since i've seen it um the big other uh, rain like confrontation scene i thought of have you ever seen tony scott's the fan i've never seen the fan oh right? man it's a gas um and it's like that whole movie is maximalist to the absolute extreme. And so it only makes sense that uh, the finale would have to happen with the two of them having a showdown in the rain. And like they're fit because it's about a baseball fan who's obsessed with the baseball player and, you know, 
takes it to deadly ends. And so it's pouring down rain. Their faces are up on the jumbotrons behind each of them. So every shot has both of them in it in one form or another. It's very, very Tony Scott and very cool. That's awesome. I got to see more of his, uh, of his, uh, they're playing the fan at the Los Feliz next weekend. I want to say, um, yeah, I'm very busy lately. (laughs) I got a lot of my plate. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what I've like, there's a number of, cause I never saw deja vu. I never saw unstoppable. Like a lot of the ones that people who were like, uh, big Tony Scott heads, uh, the ones they, they point to, I, I haven't seen. Well, he also, Go ahead. I was, I've seen Spy Game multiple times. I well, was sure, on, Spy Game rocks. Oh, yeah, I was on Team Spy Game from the jump. Uh, he also uses rain at the opposite end uh, to kind of start ramping up tension at the beginning of Crimson Tide when they're getting on the submarine. Um, That's right. It's just yeah. pouring down rain the entire time, and they're still like out there doing the big military salute. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure the military is that hardcore, but it does seem a bit extra to be like <laughs> yeah. making them stand out in the rain and still do the whole number yeah. and all that and then gene hackman's got an umbrella and his little dog right yeah 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 definitely seen that one uh many times oh yeah um so other some other ones that are both finales and sort of declarations of love uh breakfast at tiffany's uh oh yeah how didn't i think of that which uh because she gets she like <laughs> throws the cat out of the taxi but then rethinks it and goes and uh is like walking through it like a rainy alley calling out for the cat and right uh, george part uh finds her and and they they kiss i'm not you know i'm not 100 percent nuts about that movie but uh well it's hard to be 100 percent nuts about that movie yeah 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 exactly but uh i do love i do love cats so i was like there you go i was like stop kissing and find the cat i think she does find the cat <laughs> yeah uh, of course before, before they kiss i'm trying to remember um and then, uh, okay, an, another finale slash declaration of love. And probably uh, after Basic, <laughs> the first movie that I thought of when I thought of this, because okay. if you can remember my, if listeners remember my list of movies I have seen the most times in my life, in the top five is definitely Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, sure. And um, that's a big shouty declaration. It's a declaration of love, but I also love that it's them promising to never get married to each other to stay together and not get married um uh, there's so much i just love everything about that movie so much uh and and that and uh i mean hugh grant's like dress shirt clinging to his torso doesn't do much for me personally but (laughs) i can see it doing sure yeah something for other people it's a striking image anyway yeah um on a much milder note midnight in paris also ends with kind of a, a moment of romance in the rain the whole movie uh, you know, Owen Wilson has talked about how much he enjoys walking in the rain. If I connects with young Leah Sadu, isn't that convenient? That's Leah Sadu who loves walking in the rain too. Um, and that kind of becomes like a bonding moment for them. Huh. Uh, yeah, I need, I, um, I was going to say, I need to see it again. I, I've been like a lot of people, I think hesitant to rewatch a lot of Woody Allen movies uh, in recent years. Woody Allen struck such a particular necessary note for me during the pandemic of like, intellectual enough to keep me engaged but not so demanding that it was like because obviously the p- pandemic stuff was very stressful this was 2020 you know we still had the trump administration going on so my mind was very distracted but it was like intellectually engaging enough that i still felt like i was like engaging some deeper part of my brain but it wasn't so demanding that i was just miserable and distracted during it yeah so i ended up watching like 15 woody allen movies over the course of those oh, wow. months yeah yeah i was at Coincidentally, for entirely different reasons, this morning I was thinking about Blue Jasmine and thinking about how I liked that movie. But it's just, I don't know. I, I'm, it's, 
there's not enough distance right now between the the ongoing revelations or, or sure. accusations and stuff about him that like it's it's all too still too tainted for me hey i get it you know watch what whatever you like i'm not here to tell you to force you to watch woody allen movies i mean they're good but they're not that good <laughs> um you know a director i will happily watch even though i don't agree with his politics it's different than him doing something i was gonna say i don't think this is about his politics no yeah i'm saying i don't i don't agree with his politics which is different than him doing something morally reprehensible yeah uh is clint eastwood and uh bridges of madison county has a big reign oh how did i not think of that because it's like it's a romantic movie but it's like an aromantic like scene where she she chooses not to to pursue this not to be yeah Right. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, but it is, I mean, it is so romantic in its own kind of, yeah. Um, forlorn way. Oh man. That's a great scene. Yeah. I I should watch that one again. Yeah. I love that movie. It's been a while. Uh, Um, we should also probably talk about just general, like seeking refuge from the rain stuff. Um, that's because I was going to, um, I was going to introduce like rain as, plot point but that's essentially what we're talking about yeah totally so like the opening of suspiria um even i mean she's destined for the school either way but there's still like that element is very much at play in kind of how that movie opens um certainly psycho most famously she's driving trying to get away with the money hits a rainstorm needs to pull off the side of the road finds the motel that's like the entire motivating factor of the plot um to get yeah. her to the motel is the rain that um, reminds me it's not as plot pertinent but the opening of blood simple that has the uh, they're driving in the rain and yeah. the shot the, the camera's like in the back seat looking out the the windshield and the uh um the wiper blades wipe away each credit right yeah it's been so long since we've seen that movie it's very cool and especially like it a pre like i'm not sure how digitally that could have that was done at the right time. um it's, it's, it's very cool but uh oh Speaking of people being trapped in the rain in ways that, uh, you know, might do things for for people, uh, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Which uh, I've actually never seen. Oh, okay. Well, you've got um, a very hot Susan Sarandon. And I know she's problematic to many people now, but uh, she's still very hot at the beginning of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Hard Show. Hard to and deny. Today, she's yeah. still pretty hot now, too. Somehow remains. Uh and then, uh, speaking of movies I haven't seen for a long time, uh, The African Queen. Uh, that's oh, yeah, shelter. He, he, like, get, he like gets into her tent, and she's like scandalized at first, but like because because it's raining, he uh, that's how they end up in the same tent together. Yeah. Uh, more recently, Parasite has kind of the big rainstorm that has now become like such a meme of uh, that. Like we finally got that rain that we needed but meanwhile it's just drowning uh the more dusty people in the movie um yeah, yeah. oh uh roman plansky is the ghost writer which i'm a huge fan of um it's so it's uh ewan mcgregor plays a ghost writer who's uh, working for a british politician um trying to write his memoirs the politicians in the midst of like a gigantic scandal in the meantime and ewan mcgregor start, starts to try to uncover like the secret history behind it all and um there's a whole scene where he's like out battling the elements to go seek. Um, oh, what the frick is that guy's name from Good Ben the Ugly? Um, 
not Clint um, Eastwood. Uh, Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Um, yes. I did see the ghost, right? I don't remember the rain. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. The, the rain kind of like ended up driving him towards finding the, you know, one of the crucial clues. I saw, um, okay, this will get us back to rain uh, eventually, but um, I, uh, saw uh, the ghostwriter at the arc light, and it was one of the two times ever in my life that I ever actually had dinner at the arc lights like restaurant. Oh, I never had. Yeah. Uh, well, I did once when I worked there because when you work there, you go through orientation, and like the end of orientation, you're like treat is like you get to sure. dinner on the thing. So that was the first time, and so this is the only time I ever actually like. Uh, I think Natalie and I were both like coming from work, and we were like let's get dinner before the movie. And I was like, let's just get dinner at the movie theater. It was, uh, anyway, so I saw the ghostwriter and weirdly, I don't know why I remember this because well, you and I were just talking off my two days ago about uh, having weird memories for where and when you saw movies. Absolutely. I don't know why I remember that. Uh, that was a Friday night at the arc light the next night, Saturday night at the Los Feliz three shutter Island. Um, speaking of movies, like not quite uh, to the level of basic, but movies where it is raining, a lot a good portion of it yeah 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 and that's uh and those are both movies that that weekend i was like kind of uh turned not turned off but kind of lukewarm on i've since revisited shutter island and been like david you were an idiot this movie awesome. <laughs> uh, i i wonder if i will feel the same way if i revisit uh the ghostwriter but again we're talking about problematic directors i know i, I you know with that reservation in mind i just do highly recommend revisiting the ghost writer, which has only grown in my estimation. There's some people, some, you know, cinephiles who are trying to make a point who insist it's Roman Polanski's best movie. And while I wouldn't go that far, I, I don't, uh, I don't not see where they're coming from. Do you, uh, are you a Ewan McGregor fan? You know, I think about that weirdly, probably more than I should considering I'm not a Ewan McGregor fan, but every now and again, like, I mean, he's used really effectively in the ghostwriter where he's like essentially this blank cipher right. who doesn't even have a name, who whose presence is so like unimportant to the machinations of the plot, but he thinks he's important, which is like kind of like how I feel about his presence in any movie. He's so rarely like any kind of draw to me or any kind of focal point. He's just kind of there and somewhat affecting the plot along. But I've also haven't seen so many of his like earlier stuff. Like I've never seen Train Spotting. I've never seen um, was he in Shallow Grave? Like a lot of those early like Danny Boyle things. Yeah. So that's what I, I think that's why you are. We talked about the slight age difference. You're yeah. slightly younger, so you didn't come of age at a time when you and McGregor was in Train Spotting and Shallow Grave and a Lifeless Ordinary, but also like Velvet Goldmine, right? And, like. Um, uh, even more under the radar stuff like, um, and I'm looking at what the name of that movie was. Is it called Young Adam? Um, right. Uh, like there was a time that he was so electric and like he seemed like such a daring actor and and his uh, he was charismatic in a movie star way, but also with a hint of like danger and it was such a specific personality that I like pegged myself as a pegged myself, huh? Um, <laughs> But I <laughs> wrote myself down at a young age as a, as a big Ewan McGregor guy. And it's taken me a while to realize that, yeah, I'm not really excited about the fact that Ewan McGregor is in a movie anymore. He's like, he's handsome and charming, but I, I just, I, I don't know. When was the last time he had that, that danger to him? 
Yeah. I feel like there's something I saw him recently that I was like, oh, good for you, Ian McGregor. But now I can't even think of it. Is it it's, Birds I mean, of Prey? No, it was not. Well, maybe it was Birds of Prey, actually. I mean, he's because he's not bad in, in that. Yeah. Like if if like 1996, 1997, Ian McGregor played that same role, sure. it would have been one of the performances of the year. Right. And I feel like he'd like, like uh, sick boy says in train spotting, <laughs> you know, when uh, the, the grades, you, you know, you have it and then you lose it and then it's gone forever. Yeah. I mean, Naomi Watts is the same thing. Like every time she's in a new movie, I'm like, I wish I cared. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, uh, uh, let's get back to any other, uh, I can't remember what, what like subtopic we were kind of like motivating the plot brain stuff. Um, okay. Okay. I mean, I guess, uh, Noah, Darren Aronofsky's oh, adaptation, yeah. I didn't uh, know about that. Yeah. major plot motivator. There's the rain. Um, I guess this is, I don't know if this is plot specifically, but it is story. Um, Pleasantville. Um, Never seen it. Okay. Well, it's, you know, the premise that it's a, the real world characters enter the, uh, the sort of TV sitcom uh, world from the fifties. Sounds very novel. Uh, um, and uh, their presence starts to like, change people's mind who are locked, locked into this very 50 sitcom way of thinking and the main way it's illustrated is that color starts being right. introduced but also it rains for the first time in Pleasantville mm. history um and the the sort of the the younger characters who are like actually excited about these potential changes are kind of uh uh i guess that that catharsis that rebirth thing they're celebrating the the rain while the older characters are horrified by what's happening i don't know if it's a good movie i haven't seen it since i was like 16 but right yeah Um, i liked it at the time it's got a fiona apple song uh (laughs) that uh she wrote for the movie (laughs) sure always a good sign yeah um i have i have a separate topic if you're through with rain is uh sure plot stuff um well i mean really just rain is like texture of like a movie like stray dogs or mccabe and mrs miller where like or Mudbound, actually, I have down to um, where it's maybe not in every scene, but it's kind of a consistent presence throughout the movie and just, just adding to a sense of drudgery where, like, eventually everyone's going to have to go outside, you know, and deal with this other thing that will add to their or compound their uh, the misery with which to move through life. I was trying to think of, I know, I'm sure there's you, a. You're talking about the Simon Lang stray dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did see that. I was trying to think of, I'm sure there's a Tarkovsky movie that kind of fits in here too, but I couldn't quite place which one would. Uh, well, I mean, Solaris has the big rain thing where it's like, yeah. it's speaking of movies I haven't seen since college, but he's I like, same. his, his memory of his father takes place in the rain. But then at the end of the movie, when he's like in the memory, it's raining inside the house as well. Right. Yeah. Man, I got to rewatch that movie. Yeah, I think I do too. Um, I need to get the, the Blu-ray. Um, I know, same. I, it's one of those I that, like, I, I keep I keep adding a list of, like, new criterions to pick up during sales, but I always forget about the old stuff that I would still really like to grab, and Solaris is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, oh, we were talking... I'm going to go back, because we were talking about, like... Uh, uh, we were back for, to a couple. We were talking about romantic stuff. Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. Has, oh, uh, God, how did I forget that? Uh, yeah. Uh, iconic kisses. Iconic. Uh, and then to talk about movies that end in the rain um, uh, with Nail and I ends with uh sure with now richard e grant um soliloquizing he's at the, he's at the zoo right is that right and sounds right 
so the the eye of the title has like gone off and it's just with nail alone in the rain and he does like the hamlet uh soliloquy uh to the zoo animals or something yeah you you reminding me about romance scenes in uh spider-man and iconic rain stuff maybe remember that i promised to talk about nine and a half weeks which i just saw and has you know every manner of uh gratuitous and elaborately choreographed sex scenes as you can imagine including you know as one would hope in the rain where they have yeah. uh just fended off a couple of people trying to rob them and are, celebrate by having sex yeah. in the rain because because why not it's like that movie is the green eggs and ham of sex scenes <laughs> <laughs> uh i gotta tell julie that because she just came with me too she will enjoy that joke a good deal uh all right well what else do we what else do we need to talk about here? Uh, we definitely need to talk about Casablanca, which uh, has famous rain scene at the train station where um, Rick is supposed to meet Ilsa and she sends him the note and the rain's coming down, drawing or wiping away the words that she wrote as he's reading them. Very touching, very moving. And then, of course, Humphrey Bogart famously gets on the train completely dry. Um, one of the most famous uh, movie goofs, as IMDb terms them. Um, yeah. Which certainly doesn't detract from uh, the no, it sucks moving now. scene. But I, I, I'll, I'll never watch it again now. <laughs> Ruined Casablanca. Cinema sins. Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about iconic moments. I've got a couple of iconic things sure. here. Uh, network. Um, you know, it's, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, people throwing open their windows and it's and it's raining. Uh, also, I've got. Um, one that is definitely iconic and one that I think of as iconic, both prison escapes, Shawshank Redemption, of absolutely. course. It's absolutely, you know, being washed, being... Uh, yeah, very cathartic scene. Uh, and then a movie that I've seen many, many, many times and just rewatched somewhat recently, Raising Arizona, when uh, oh, John yeah. Goodman and William Forsythe also absolutely. dig their way out of the mud after escaping from prison and it is pouring <laughs> rain and John Goodman is just screaming <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> And he like, reaches oh, so in and grabs William Forsythe and pulls him out of the mud. Oh, what a great movie. Yeah. Um, I did think of, well, certainly speaking of I- iconic um, Jurassic Park, the whole T-Rex chase in the rain is very, um, very striking. Yeah. Um, and I guess and, speaking of Spielberg, or is it Toby Hooper, uh, Poltergeist. Sure. Um, big rain, which sort of like reveals the cause of the Poltergeist, which is that they... They moved the headstones, but they left the bodies. <laughs> the the pool that's under construction, um, all these coffins and corpses start popping out of the walls and the uh, the mud walls and the and the bottom of the uh, of the freshly dug uh, pool. Uh, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, by the way, Poltergeist. Another iconic one, certainly Taxi Driver. You know, someday a real rain's going to come through. Yeah. Um, and Umbrellas of Sherberg. Very very sweet movie. Obviously, requires some rain for the umbrellas. Thing for me to have forgotten. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but umbrellas. You know what umbrellas makes me think of? Um, did have you ever seen uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Foreign Correspondent? Yes, very very long ago. Okay, because that at the beginning has like a political assassination that takes place in the rain. Right. All of these political officials who all come out and they're all just they have identical black umbrellas and the camera is like above them. And, and all you're seeing is the umbrellas and like the, someone gets like killed under the umbrellas where you, you can't see it in the middle of all these people. Uh, it's very, very cool. Very, very cinematic. Yeah. Um, another movie that uses umbrellas, right. It's opening to kind of set the plot in motion. Old boy. Um, 
really good use of kind of the chaos that rain can create and um but also has such a great visual identifier that carries throughout the entire movie with that umbrella yeah yeah uh okay um, certainly to... would be remiss to not mention a very sweet scene in the rain in uh, inherent vice um i love that you know even though they're trying to get out of the rain it's like this great romantic memory of the two of them running uh, through the streets of la and oh, in the rain. reese is it him and reese witherspoon who is no it's him and katherine waterston um it's like a flashback it's set to um journey through the past by neil young it's a great great little moment wow i don't know why that didn't stick in my memory i saw that movie twice oh so good um oh i also wanted to mention when brain is used to identify uh objects in invisible man the new uh new version of that has a great use of rain and kind of one of the climactic scenes um less quality but certainly also notable for the same reasons uh 2003's daredevil uh uses the rain for uh, matt murdoch to identify people because he cannot see but he can hear the sound around him and create a visual landscape that way yeah i definitely didn't did not think of daredevil um uh at this point we can just list off like things that uh we haven't gotten to yet because i don't have I, I don't have any more categories to group them into yeah. Um, somehow we haven't mentioned singing in the rain yet. <laughs> I, I was almost going to just hold that for the end just to okay. see how long listeners could be like, they haven't mentioned singing in the rain, but uh, sure enough, there you go. Yeah. I mean, like that's another great joyful scene of rain. And it's nice that movies make time for that because sometimes um, the rain does kind of feel right. You know, assuming it's not too cold out, it is kind of nice to walk in the rain, dance in the rain, run with a lover in the rain. And it kind of creates um a, a distinct texture to certain memories um i just thought of one that i haven't seen in a long time um that i'm but i feel like it's raining a lot in the movie identity does it rain a lot in that movie i have never seen identity but weirdly i, I saw the trailer like a billion times so i can kind of picture what you mean i think it's raining a lot that, that feels like a movie that has been kind of that i always thought was kind of cool but feels like it's been somewhat rediscovered i think oh really okay um well, I think people like James Mangold now than they yeah, the that's time, very true. You know, um, uh, but anyway, uh, that, that wasn't on my list. Um, you know, it was on my list. Oh, but that made me think of a story. I we haven't talked about Portland, where you are from. Indeed, which is a, a very rare very rainy town. Um, when I uh, went to when Natalie and I went to Portland, and we met up with some friends. We had like the best rain luck. We like um walked around this like it wasn't like a farm it was like a flea market um and it was like super nice out and we were like oh let's go like um put our names in at this restaurant uh downtown um and and uh they're like it's gonna be an hour wait so we like walked to get coffee and we're walking all around and we finally get seated in the restaurant the skies open up it, it, we're, but we're inside now and it just pours, that's amazing it pours like the entire time we're eating and then clears up again like right as we're, we're <laughs> leaving we had perfect rain luck in in portland yeah we had the same thing in ireland actually which is another very rainy place the one day it rained for the week we were there was the week was the day we planned to stay inside all day it's perfect uh okay what else uh um, I think that gets through. I mean, I have a few random ones like, don't yeah. worry, he won't get far on foot. There's a good br- kind of breakdown scene in the rain, which like he's dealing with his disability and his wheelchair breaks down and really emphasizes uh, 
how much routine um, uh, inconveniences become far more um, so when uh, you're oh, dealing right. with a disability. Um, Deathproof has some oh. pretty solid use of rain, uh, kind of to set some texture at the bar the for the first half. Okay, I've actually never seen Deathproof. Oh, I it's top three most really? weeks uh, Tarantino for me. Yeah, um, the Truman Show has a memorable thing where like the rain like mechanism is broken and he's oh, like on yeah. the beach and it's only raining in like the one place or something. Yeah, like I didn't think of that. That's that's a great visual. Um, what else did I not? Well, I I can't believe I didn't get to this first because it's actually one of the ones I first thought of. But uh, seven when they're when they oh yeah. First, when he first almost captures John Doe and then John Doe has the like gun to uh, Brad Pitt's head in the alley and it's just like pouring, pouring rain. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's another great use of just rain as pure texture of like, let's how thick can we make this image? We need rain in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, other ones that are on my list. I only have a couple more. Uh, Cape Fear. I think both Cape Fears have oh, yeah. many finales, um, but I haven't seen the Scorsese one recently. I'm pretty sure it's also rain. I think it does. Um, and then I think the only other one on my list that we didn't talk about yet, I was going to mention with, uh, horror movies, this isn't like, I actually, this movie has its fans. I'm not necessarily one of, uh, this movie's fans, but it is a clever use of rain. Uh, the return of the living dead, which is Never seen it. like these, the, the, in this movie that the, the toxin that turns dead bodies into zombies gets released into the atmosphere and it's not until it starts raining on a graveyard mm. that all the like the uh the people start coming out of their graves so it's like a clever uh, yeah that's uh, a good i, I guess that's a good plot device yeah all right um that's all the rain in movies we covered it yeah this was kind of like a um early bp type episode where we just like list examples of the topic which um i think yeah uh speaks to i think nerdy listeners like that yeah I no I, and that's not an insult i would have been i would be one of those nerdy listeners that's why i started listening to the show so uh it's nice to finally join on one of these kind of episodes usually when we do a theme episode i come with more of a thematic idea of it but here is just like yeah, it's rain i don't know yeah yeah well i guess a, a couple like a year and a half ago you and i did just movies from argentina that was yeah but there it's like it's a nationality you can draw out some history stuff there i i I felt like i tried to build a little bit more in there than i I did with rain i didn't research anything about rain for this episode um sounds like you knew some things already though about the rain it got on godzilla on roland emmerich's yes i have this strange memory of being 12 and reading the behind the scenes knowledge of uh roland emmerich's godzilla i have uh speaking of Directors of bad movies. Since you mentioned Daredevil, I've been trying to keep myself from going to IMDb to remember the name of the director. It's like a three Mark Stephen Johnson. Mark St- I knew it was three names. I never would have got to Mark Stephen Johnson. Who would? Yeah. Um, when director I of look- both Grumpy Old Men movies. Oh, okay. Um, director, I think, of Jack Frost. Certainly oh. one of those guys. No, no, he did not, not direct. He directed Simon Birch. Simon Birch, yes. And daredevil those are the only two movies of his that i've seen he also directed uh ghost rider maybe he just wrote grumpy old man um yeah i'm I'm sure he yeah uh when in rome which is a Kristen bell yeah i remember it um yeah and then some other stuff yeah he did write jack frost weird that i know a lot about this guy's filmography um also one of those guys, I mean, he's still working, but 
Mark Stephen Johnson is one of those guys who like clearly thrived in a very specific era of studio filmmaking and wasn't made for it long term. And it's probably for the best. You know, some of those journeyman directors, we kind of mourn the loss of. But I, I don't think we're poorer for less uh, Mark Stephen Johnson in our lives. Uh, well, let's see. You can find uh, you can probably find reviews of some of the movies that we talked about. Absolutely. <laughs> at BattleshipPretension.com. You can find that uh, Argentina episode at BattleshipPretension.com. You can email uh, us at David at BattleshipPretension.com or Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at uh davy pretension um check out my other podcast that i do with my wife it's called the one where i met your mother we watch an episode of friends and an episode of how i met your mother uh, every week we're we're nearing the end of 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 season two um so um i literally cannot remember uh yeah we watched the one where um oh very a uh, movie heavy episode of friends where we Ooh. find out that uh phoebe's mom turned off sad movies before they were over. So there's like a <laughs> series of sad movies that she doesn't know how, doesn't realize how they ended. So it's like, that's a good bit. It's like the C plot of the episode where she right. keeps being like Rocky loses. Like she keeps like <laughs> things she didn't know. Uh, Cause she's revisiting all these movies. Uh, and then we're uh, yeah gearing up towards the uh, getting ready for Marshall and Lily's wedding over it on how I met your mother. So that's uh, that's the one where I met your mother. You can find that at where you find podcasts or battleship Um, Scott, what do you have to plug? Where can people find you? Uh, still just letterboxed. Should be unlocking my Twitter account soon, I think. It's been kind of nice having it locked for a while, but eventually the people need to need to get the retweets in the feed. Um, I like the idea of you just teasing unlocking it forever. Um, yeah. Kind of like the, uh, I don't know if you know the Kids in the Hall sketch where Dave Foley is the like Mr. Burns type, like powerful old guy in the down. And the reason he holds onto his power is because he has a, mon- a basement full of monkeys and he's always, <laughs> he's always threatening to let the monkeys out. Well, I'm on enough episodes in the near future that I probably will at least keep this bit running for a bit. Um, right. <laughs> and definitely on Letterboxd. And uh, yeah, I should do it. All right. Well, thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.